mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. <laughs> it's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. show. Step out on the cold. What is my problem? Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic tonight. Gato, Q, how are you all doing? Fucking dandy. Yeah? How dandy? <sighs> got a lot riding. I'm stressed. I got a lot riding on tonight's game for fantasy, so just uh, trying to get centered. How's your blood pressure? Is it good? Is it all over the place? How you feeling? It's at, a, it's at a, like an even 150 right now. But that's you... also because of the edging, too, I'm sure. So. Naturally, naturally, yeah. as it does. Plus, um, is plus. your finger over the send button on your better health better health account right now <laughs> it's just hovering over that yeah i'm currently i'm currently on the line with a, with a psychiatrist right now but it's okay um I you've asked to... the psychiatrist to mute their side so they can just listen to this <laughs> i like when they listen <laughs> uh gato aka Stott, scott stapp how are you can I'm you good. take me higher scott i can take you higher if God will just talk in Creed lyrics all day today, that would be amazing. I'll do my best. Just sitting in like a team meeting talking about human clay the whole time. And everyone's <laughs> like, yo, he's either like really like poetic and lyrical or he's a <laughs> serial killer. They're like, how's that, uh, how's that project going? Oh, with arms wide open. The dust has <laughs> finally settled on the field of human clay. I just asked you, did you email the guy? I didn't doesn't need to be a big thing, all right? Oh, oh boy. Well, thanks again for joining us, everybody. We're excited to be here. Um, gonna talk about a week seven recap and the trauma that was my weekend. Um, but first and foremost, guys, anything you want to get off your chests first? Um yeah, no, I'm good. Oh, 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 good. All right. Um, I mean, I think I'm falling. I'm holding on to all I think is safe. It seems I found the road to nowhere, and I'm trying to escape. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's uh, okay. <laughs> um, do we want to get into the Giants-Commanders game to start us off, and then we'll just kind of go down a league? Hold me no. now. I'm six feet from the edge, and I'm thinking, maybe six feet, and so fall down. Yeah, gotta, exact, gotta say, that's exactly what Ron Rivera is thinking right now. I gotta say, that's a pretty yeah. fucking good creed. Yeah, it's right not there. bad. It's I've been it's listening to a lot of them lately. It's it's like all they give a shit about in Arlington. <laughs> yeah. That is weird. That is a. I don't know how that started. They just they, said that they started listening to Creed stuff and like that like gave them 
I don't know. They it's blame, a, it's a, so they blame it on, or at least I blame it on. Um, there was a performance Creed did for the Cowboys, or maybe it wasn't for the Cowboys. It was like it the two thousand two or two thousand. Yeah, that, that's like the, the screenshot of the guy on like yeah. the doing like the the flying thing. Yeah, yeah, they put him in the the fucking blanket or whatever, and he flew around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was he was recently at um a playoff game for the Rangers and. Like they they did a whole fucking like three minute like can you take me higher sing along with with him in the band like they're really all about it I don't know like it's huge what Kirk Cousins now loves Creed as well that, that yeah but, always, yeah it doesn't shock that me tracks, that he does that tracks. Yeah. Uh, I think the, <laughs> the New York Rangers actually warm up and get pumped up to Creed as well which if you're looking for that type of rock like go Nickelback. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they had a nice little uh, resurgence as well, too. They again, are. Like, They're touring again. I think they got a new album coming. Like, yeah, and it's just like all mid two thousands, like. Look at these. we're liking it ironically, that. right? Like it's. I mean, some people are just true believers in Creed. Yeah. I remember when I used to go to religion school. I was forced to go to religion school. And, and they'd hand you the snakes. And I remember they did like a party one night and I looked over by they had this like boom box set up and it was nothing but Creed CDs. And I was That's like, oh, this is gonna be a fucking banger. Yeah, it's just human clay, my own prison, <laughs> weathered, and the fact that like, you know all these albums, Tom, is telling this me. This doesn't shock me at all. Because I have all of them. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> they were not bad. They were not bad, and then it was yeah. just oh, okay. Scott, you're you're hanging out in Florida, like signing contracts in blood. I think it might be time to step away. And Wait, you guys know that Burt Kreischer was almost in Creed, right? You've heard that story. I have not heard that story. That's yeah. a what new one for me. <laughs> what are you talking about? He was he he started a band, or he claims to have started a band, and he was. He was the lead singer of, and two of the band members ended up going on to actually joining a legitimate band that soon after became Creed. This was in his college years. That's insane. Yeah. That is fucking insane. That's pretty bananas, actually. They say the song What If is about that. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, let's get to that Commanders game and um, had a lot of hope for this one, actually, as a Commandos fan. Um, and I will say this. I think I had mentioned it in the chat. This was a game that Washington absolutely needed to win, and they absolutely did not win. Um, there was no winning. I was, I was hoping that there was going to be so much winning that I'd be exhausted by all of the winning that happened. And it just left me wanting a lot more. You wanted so, more winning. It yeah. Was, it's I, the opium, there, dude. There it's needed free, to be much more winning. Cost you in the long run. Yeah. I mean, I had I hit that narcotic of opium and I was just laying on the floor like Sam Howell was after the seventh sack. Um, so guys, give me your highs and lows from the game. What did you see? Um is Tyrod Taylor going to be the quarterback moving forward, or are you sickos and you're going to put Daniel Jones back in? Well, Brian Dable already put that to bed. He, he was like, I'm not even going to talk about this. He's like, clearly Daniel Jones is the quarterback. So, um, no, I, I don't, 
yeah, I mean, whatever. It, it it doesn't mean anything to me at this point. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I like clearly, I I talked about it and I said that I want Caleb Williams and like this obviously does not help that situation. Um, I think my thing is that at this point, I'm very happy with what I saw from the defense. I'm really excited about Banks and like the linebacker core. Bobby O'Karake, Mike McFadden is. Very exciting. Dexter Lawrence. We already knew that. Kayvon Thibodeau, it's weird. He's got five and a half sacks already on the season through about halfway through the week, through the season, right? So he's on pace for like 11 sacks, right? And he only had four last year. So he's already eclipsed his rookie year. It is like the weirdest five and a half sacks I've ever seen that I, I'm not that impressed by how he's been playing. Um, so, I agree, Q. Yeah. He, he takes to... a lot of he takes a lot of extra steps to get mm-hmm. to the quarterback. Yep. Way too many. He's not he's either not fast enough to go those extra steps around the outside, yep. or he needs to do something more of like um and I'm not saying he can, but like an Aiden Hutchinson does those big goofy steps. But that's deliberately to basically get the to to get the the uh, offensive tackle off balance, right? So right. he's He's not doing that. All, all he's doing is running really hard to the outside and kind of trying to round out that curve and get there. And it's just way too late because of the angles he takes. They're bad angles. I was watching that earlier, and I was like, he's never going to make that play because he's just taken way too many steps outside. Yeah. It's good for a contain, but you don't have to worry about that with a Sam Howell. Take a more direct route. Yeah, I was curious about that too, but I want to I did want to ask this. Would your opinion of Thibodeau have changed had he grabbed that pick and ran it into the end zone? Um no. It was looking pretty nice. It, you know? he, he does seem to play well against the commanders. Yeah, and, that, <laughs> and that's another thing is like I need more than just the fucking commanders to make me feel you know, I, I need something else to give me that true hit of hopium. Yeah, it's like it's it's a little too much of like it's just a little too much dancing around and like I, I just I'm not I'm not loving it. Like I again I'm 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 still not I'm not down on him the way I am on Evan Neal. Like I'm really down on Evan Neal. Yeah. But uh it's it's still just not what I wanted to see. So I'm just you know, I don't I don't know. I'm just kind of at odds with it right now that I just don't know really know how to feel. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a nice game for the Giants to kind of get things sorted and back on track. It clearly took Washington off their game dramatically. Mm -hmm. They were, I'm going to say this, they were just not prepared to play that game at all. And it was it was clear that they just got ambushed by New York. And it's it's a common thing that happens in the Ron Rivera era where they just come out of games like really, really flat not prepared to like start hot. And I mean, I think the giants are, let me be mindful of my words here. I don't think they're a good team, but they have moments uh, that can impress you because there is that shell of that team that was there last year that surprised a lot of people. And Mm. if you get a team like Washington, who thought, oh, we'll just be able to step over them. It'll be a get-right game. Their defense sucks. Yeah, That's also happened against Chicago, too, where Chicago had no sacks or had, like, very few sacks to start the season, and they 
blew the doors off of Washington. And it was 14-7, the final for the Giants-Commandos game. That game was much more far apart than what the score was. I I would, though, argue, and this this is the thing, is like, this is where people start reading into the Giants being better than their record or what have you. Watching the performance in that second half, the Giants were dead flat. And if we're talking about Daniel Jones coming back, but the conversation is like, who should we start, Tyrod or him? Uh, I think there's a lot to be desired here, right? And again, like you said, the, these aren't like, you know, top tier teams right now in the league. Um, and I think both have a lot to work on. And I don't think this is this game really signs off to me in any direct like i don't feel more certain about my opinions on this team and its abilities or at least the giants and their abilities after seeing this game like i have more questions than don't like why wasn't the why why wasn't the defensive line performing this good all year right like why why was it as effective as it was why was um you know i think there's there's just a bunch of things that I find more more questions at. Before I was like, yeah, they're ass here, or they need to work on this, and that's how I felt about you know a majority of the the skill positions. But like, you know, I have more questions than I have answers following that game, in my opinion. I, I, listen, this is, these are some numbers I want to point out here from Pro Football Focus. Okay, this is what I saw on Twitter. Daniel Jones has been sacked on 14% of his dropbacks this year. Tyrod's been sacked on 6%. Now, granted, different amount of games and all that amount of snaps. Daniel Jones has been pressured on 46% of his dropbacks. Tyrod, 48%. So more pressures, less sacks. And because Tyrod's getting the ball out of his hand quicker, and he's he's just more decisive. And I, this, is like, this is what I've been saying about Daniel Jones for the longest time, is that like he's not decisive. He takes too long. He's slow to process. Tyrod's getting the ball out of his hands. He's not afraid to throw the ball deep. I think Daniel Jones is – I was thought last year he was afraid to throw the ball deep because he didn't want to get benched you know, in a contract year. He got this big contract, and he still looks like he's scared to throw the ball deep. Here's here's another thing, though. I think Tyrod Taylor is significant, significantly better at recognizing pressure and presence in that pocket and knowing how to move because he spent years getting trounced in that position. And he has developed that sixth sense of knowing where the pressure is coming from, from behind him, from his, from over his shoulder. He can, he got, he has a much better sense and he knew where it was coming from. And he, he, as the snap was developing and you're right, this is decisiveness, right? But it's also reaction. And he instinctively reacts to it, and he knew where to move in the pocket. And and it it shows that he does have a skill set that I think Daniel Jones is lacking because Daniel Jones just either runs it or like falters until he you know does whatever the fuck he does. I <laughs> I will say too, like for the amount of years that Tyrod Taylor has played in the NFL, he still is a pretty good quarterback. He's just played on a lot of really bad teams and at their worst times too. <laughs> at the at the absolute bottoming out of a lot of those teams too. Like he played on a Texans team, he played with the Browns. Um Bills I mean, when they were played, middling. Well, I mean, he took them to a playoff game and mm-hmm. they were even questionable about they were like not so sure about him. 
And Sean McDermott, in his infinite wisdom, he's like, oh, we're going to state Nathan Peterman instead. And he threw fucking five interceptions in one game. So, I mean, I think I think Tyrod is a nice veteran complimentary piece to the Giants in a way that I agree with you. Like, Daniel Jones, I think he's just trapped in analysis paralysis where he doesn't know what to do with the football because he's already gamed out all the scenarios and it ends up with something bad happening to him. So I think he's like a little gun shy to be able to go out and be confident and throw the ball around. Um, And I mean, does Caleb Williams solve those problems for you? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if the Giants are bad enough to be able to get him at this no, point. No, they're not. And I, I knew they weren't. You're going to have to trade up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no one's going to no one's gonna trade up with you. Yeah. yeah. No, Carolina no doesn't have a pick. Chicago has it in Arizona. And yeah. I could see Arizona and Chicago trading out for more. So, I mean, there's the option is out there, but um, – <laughs> No, and again, like he he unless he starts really like he's had a couple rough games and everything, unless he just absolutely shits the bed over the next few weeks, like he's not going to be. He's he, and most people are going to realize he's too good to pass up on. So like, or they're going to demand a king's ransom. So you're spending three first round picks on him. Um, but like I, we talked about this the other day. Like I think there are pretty good quarterbacks in this class. I think I think the question for teams like the Giants, for the team like Commanders, the Patriots, uh, the Falcons, a couple other teams, it, you have to assess your quarterback based upon how they play and whether or not they are replaceable or do they need more help, right? And I think you go out like we were just speaking about Daniel Jones, right? You go get Darren Waller, you have all these different options, and you're still talking about like, man, it just doesn't look great. It's it gets to the, be the point where you have to start wondering, like, is it ever going to look right? And mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to. I don't. I honestly think you could give Daniel Jones, Devontae Adams, and Mike Evans, and it would still be – it might be better, but it's not going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think shifting gears a little bit to Washington, like, there's already some questions about, like, whether Sam Howell is the guy. I think – I think he certainly has the pieces to be successful, but the peripherals being the coaching has not been helpful for him. And I mean, he's like second in the league in attempts as a rookie. Like, what are you fucking doing guys? You're making every, every, I am a sicko and I've been paying attention to this a lot, but like, if you look at, a lot of his dropbacks, they're seven-step dropbacks. They're all deep passes that he's gearing up for. And if you looked at any of the routes that the ride receivers were running, they're all like deep, long-developing plays where this team has proven that it can't hold up a defensive line, like even the Giants' defensive line that came in with like five sacks on the season and they got seven in one game. Um the the commando's offensive line has proven that they're not capable of like protecting Sam Howell. And yet for three quarters, it was deep drop back, deep drop back, deep drop back, and just constantly getting fucking destroyed. And Terry McLaurin wasn't involved either, which is another weird thing that they were doing. It it's there's also, I want to point out though, that even with those bad play calls, um, we, we also run into this issue where like, there was kind of some poor decisions on Howell's part. 
I don't know if it was like him playing it safe or not like thinking it out properly, but the Deontay Banks interception, right? Yeah. Where it actually I mean, looked like he ran past him. If he had not floated that and he threw a more direct ball, he he was picking up, you know, 20, 30 yards minimum. That's that's a that maybe to the I house. would say that's a rookie trying to make a big play and he got burned for it. But again, like I feel like people are treating him like a four or five year vet and he's a rookie on a team that has a fucking turnstile for a right tackle and a right guard and a center and a left guard. <laughs> I I told you again, I'll, I'll reiterate. I'm a Sam Howell fan. I've been a Sam Howell fan since North Carolina. Pretty high on him. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I said it, he had no business going in the fifth round, but there are things that do worry me about him. And, and it's clearly, it was, it was evident on Sunday night. Again, I would argue that more than three quarters of the offensive lines in football are bad, right? Like the Bengals offensive line, bad. Chiefs offensive line is fine. Like, I don't think they're that great. But yet, guys like Patrick Mahomes, Bill's offensive line, not great. Josh Allen makes it work. You have to be able to get the ball out of your hands quickly. And like I, the thing I noticed with Howell that is a little bit troublesome is that it's just one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand. Okay, you got to get rid of it for and then sacked. Like it's just slow to move, like slow to get rid of the ball. And Daniel Jones, it's literally him and Daniel Jones have the same problem. That it, and I saw it at Duke. I watched a lot of his Duke games back, and like I saw it what I saw now. And it's like year five. That's going to be the thing for Howell is fixing the internal clock. Like he's got legs, but he seems like he's like he'll just sit in the pocket for too long and taking a lot of unnecessary sacks that he really should not be taking. Like, you know, if you're going to get sacked, it's going to happen, right? Like it's unavoidable, but it just some so, of them are just. And- I'll push back on that. Okay. I sent a, I shared a tweet with you guys um, from a writer from who writes about Washington. He's one of their beat writers. Mm-hmm. The average time to throw or sack on dropbacks for Sam Howell so far in this game is 2.23 seconds. Yeah. How many guys are going to be able to complete something in 2.23 seconds? Um, Not a lot of guys. <laughs> but at the same time, you also have to take into account that I would argue that that is probably not that different than most offensive lines in the league. Like there are mm. going to be other teams, but also look at like people that are most successful, like Kirk Cousins and Mahomes and all of them. Like Mahomes, all is of them are. Cousins is thriving. Kirk on Cousins a had the exact right same stats as Sam Howell, just fewer sacks his first year he started. Say that again, Tom. Her cousins had the exact same stats as Sam Howell, minus oh, the sacks. This is and why I, again. I this think is why I am not down on him. I I'm a believer in Sam Howell. No, but Don't I think other I think other people are, and that's the thing that confuses me. Is like the offensive line has shown that it's not good, and yet people are jammed up that he holds the ball too long. But like. <clears throat> I don't but know I how much it, you can process in two seconds. Yeah, but, but, you, no, but I mean, like... You can't even again, let a play develop, though. No, no, listen. You, listen, I agree with you. The offensive line is bad, but I do see plays where I'm like, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And, like, he just... I like, would agree. Put, there are those there. Yes, there are If he those, cleans but, that up, if they fix the offensive line a little bit, add some reinforcements, and then he can 
minimize the amount of times that happens, he's going to be extremely successful in the league. I'm just saying that it's it's fixing that is harder than it sounds. You know, like obviously it says like, oh yeah, just fix that. It's harder because Daniel Jones had the same problem and he's year five and he's still doing it. So it's a question of if he can look at that objectively and fix that. That's going to be the hard part. It's easier said than done. I, I think, that, you know, when it comes to any player, really, right, we, we, we shift our, our perspective a bit and we start with when they first come into the league, do they have potential, right? And that's the question we evaluate them by. And then we change that. We flip that a little bit and then we go, do they have the performance that it, that it takes, right? Can they perform or are they performing, right? So we're at kind of a crux, I think, for Howell. Um, and I think we're a little, a bit further down the line with Daniel Jones into that shift from um, potential to performing. And one of the things that actually worries me, and you, you jogged my memory with this one with the, the timing, was that one thing I noticed that was successful for the Giants this week that I haven't seen too much of previously was was RPOs, right? And mm-hmm. and something I didn't see at all from the Commanders was RPOs, <laughs> right? It was mostly from that shotgun, which I get if you're if you don't have the time to begin with, you need those extra couple of steps, but um, that is kind of worrisome because it makes you so much more one dimensional. It makes a defense able to pick out and figure out what you're going to do a lot easier. And let's face it, from from a shotgun or from those those positions, any type of run like you know run that you're going to do is going to be a draw for a loss. Like the 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 shotgun draw never works. It's what it's what a coach do, dials oh. up when they give up. Yeah, and that that's my pet peeve, Gatto. Like I think it's all farce. <laughs> a a shotgun run to the outside except you're crossing the quarterback do you know what i'm saying like if if the running back is set up to the right of the quarterback and he runs to the left tackle i'm like that's a wasted play that's fucking stupid and the thing that frustrates me and i'll get into the this is not just like the the tom complaining show so like stop me if you need to but like the frustrating thing about is the play is the play calling right you have a guy like brian robinson who's a power runner and you're putting him in a position where he's effectively starting a run at a standstill. They have no eye formation stuff. They're not putting him in a position where he can use his strength to push. And that's the frustrating part where they're just not, they're not using the players to their ability. They're trying to, Eric, the enemy is trying to force these guys into a system that they ran in Kansas city yep. and it works for shifty guys like a Kareem hunt or a Tyreek Hill or a Isaiah Pacheco doesn't necessarily work for a Chris Rodriguez or a uh, Brian Robinson who are bigger dudes. And mm-hmm. the more they try to do that, I mean, the giants game is a great example. They tried all of those like, shotgun run plays that just got killed at the line of scrimmage. And I think you need to give some credit to the giants for being able to clog those up because after a while they were just able to scheme to it. But, you know, I think it's also questionable. Why is the play calling change in the second half? Why aren't you making adjustments in the first quarter? Like the deep passes aren't working. They haven't been working for the last six weeks. You need to provide Howell with an opportunity to get a Jahan Dotson running over the middle or a drag from Curtis Samuel 
where they already have the DB or the linebacker on the back foot and they're fast twitch guys. Just like let's eat up the small yardage instead of like, you know, pass play sack first down run play to the line of scrimmage third down sack. Like what the fuck are we doing here guys? It, it was a weird, like they were kind of just being patient, expecting that what they were running would eventually work. Right. Right. And, um, and, and there wasn't really the adjustments that were made were, weren't really effective, but there's like, when you're, you know, you're in the middle of the, the first half, it's more of like a um, mission control situation. Right. So you, you start with your primary plan, you go to your secondary plan. That's not working. You go to your tertiary plan, you know, and, and you, you see what different looks, maybe not much happens, but like, you're not out of that game either by, by the end of that second half. So yeah. there's an opportunity to come back if you can make those adjustments, but what you're saying, and it makes perfect sense is you need as a coach, you need to turn around and you need to say, Hey, let's mix it up. Let's give them some different looks so we can see how they react. So we can go in at the second half and make those adjustments. And that never came. It was a very stubborn mentality. And in, in the, this is what's going to work for us. And this is all only way we're going to do it. It's, I don't know if it was reliant on a feeling, if it was just a lack of creativity or imagination, but that was where I felt like the, the, the commanders really ended up selling themselves short. Right. Yeah. And I will say too, I just pulled this up on fantasy pros where it ended up being two seconds from um, average time in seconds between snap and throwing the ball or pressure. Sam Howell was two seconds. The guy leading the league or guy that led the league in week seven, Patrick Mahomes with 2.9. And then Justin Herbert with 2.8, Hertz with 2.7, Lamar with 2.6, Baker 2.6. So, I mean, a quarter of a second is not a lot, but for your brain, it might not be a bad thing to have that. Um, I just, I just don't, I'm, I want to blame Ram Rivera. I'm just going to do that. Can I, am I allowed to do that? I, I, I feel like that's absolutely. very fair. Um, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, right? Like the things he's implementing have, have been less effective, right? than than expected there's there's more potential in this team i mean uh trey young is a monster oh chase you know? young chase young yeah. sorry i do that all the time <laughs> i mean he's chase fantastic he's he's amazing. great and, and he's he's just been hurt the last couple of years that's all and and like you see that there's talent on this team like um oh i'm, I'm gonna fuck up his name right now uh jonathan uh Jonathan Allen. Allen. I was, for some reason, I was trying to, uh, I was thinking Will. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Not that guy. Never that guy. <laughs> but uh, he was beyond, I mean, he wasn't even mincing words. Um, he was outright frustrated and pissed. And I think he's, he's very angry with Del Rio right now and what's going on in that locker room because there's, you know, I don't think it was the ass beating he alluded to, but um, I think I think the commanders were better than their performance on Sunday. 100%. Yeah, and and we talked about this before the show. This team under the Ron Rivera era has just never started any games hot. They just constantly struggle that way. And frankly, 
as a fan, it's frustrating to see both the head coach and the defensive coordinator completely fucking catatonic on the sidelines all yeah. the time. Like somebody could have gone out and beaten the shit out of Terry McLaurin with a wooden bat. And Ron Rivera would be standing on the sideline with his arms folded. And and that's the weird thing I feel like with the commanders too, is that like week to week, like momentum doesn't matter. Like they could have came off a great win and they'd be back at like a cold start. Like you're saying, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're right. Like momentum doesn't really carry with this team. And I think that's partly because it's a very unenthused fucking coaching um, yeah, because fucking Ron Rivera is not a very enthusiastic guy, and Jack no. Del Rio is also somebody who has no emotion on the sidelines during games. Like, how are you expecting anyone to get fucking psyched? You're the coaches. Like, yeah, I know these guys are getting paid, but Jesus, look like you want to be there. Do better. Yeah. I mean, so, Tom, I don't know if you've put much thought behind this because you are part of the fire Ron Rivera into the sun. Uh, brigade yes um is there anybody that you are thinking of long term as a potential like gm coaching combo or just a coach in general uh well, i had some i had somebody in mind well they just hired some like they had just hired some person to oversee the analytics department for the commandos and i jp finley is a guy that i follow he's saying like the writing is on the wall at this point and it's going to happen. It's yeah. it's Jover for me, Ron. Um, Jover. I, here's what I'd like to see happen. I'd like to see Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera's son removed from the team. Fire him. Get the fuck out of here. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to see, let's say at this point, let, I'm going to assume the Eagles game is going to be a loss, right? I think, I think it's fair to say. You know, unless a missile hits like Jalen Hurts or he gets abducted by aliens tomorrow, like that's a win. Um, I'd like to see Eric Bieniemy be the interim head coach of this team for the remainder of the season. 100%. If he's if he's good, cool, yeah. solves that problem. Consistency in offense is great. Um, and if he tanks, like cool, like we know what we had, and it didn't work. I don't know necessarily about GM because I feel like in the NFL it's so much harder. Um, but I would contact anybody, literally anybody that has driven past where the 49ers play and see if they're available for an interview. <laughs> this is um this is a funny take, but I was thinking Evero just because they've already sniped someone from the Panthers before. I could see them going back out and grabbing grabbing someone like like Evero. He's defensive minded. Maybe brings in the reins on um Del Rio. And he's not stepping on the toes of the enemy. As like a defensive coordinator? No, as as a head coach. Oh. <laughs> um I don't know. It's dicey, but it seems I, like a move that well maybe that was old establishment. I, we, I, we don't know what to expect out of the new management, out of the new ownership. I think it's gonna be a very competent search because I, yeah. I, if you're looking for GM, I mean, there was a guy that was my, like, I obviously wanted Joe Shane um, and Brian Dable, so I got my wish. But there was another guy, Adam Peters, um, who's the assistant GM in San Francisco, who I was very interested in. And he did interview, I think he made it to the second 
round with the Giants, but uh, it just didn't pan out because they – and I think he would have probably may have been a combo with Mike McDaniel. So that was kind of the thing I was interested in, uh, mm-hmm. but it didn't end up working out. Giants didn't even interview Mike McDaniel, which was probably a mistake in retrospect. Yeah. Uh, but but he, he seems good. But I, to me, if I'm looking for a head coaching candidate, I'm going with Ben Johnson, man. Uh, the Lions offense – yeah, really, really good. He turned down any offers this past uh, past year. He wanted to stay with the Lions another year. The offense is still good. Um, the run game formations, I think, would really work well with the commanders and having a running quarterback, a more mobile quarterback would be yeah. really interesting to see. He seems like a competent coordinator who's like i mean because dan campbell is like you know i know he's a former tight end but he's not really like an off his thing is an offense his thing is just motivation be loud yeah. yeah be loud um so i think i think the fact that he kind of is already kind of running that offense in detroit one of the better teams in the league um i think he'd be an interesting candidate for the commanders um kind of a, like you know just he seems like a simple candidate but like it just makes a lot of sense on paper I got, yeah i, I got another one. Oh, sorry tom I, I was gonna say i agree like i think that name has been floated quite a bit um and just seeing that offense turn around has been really impressive yeah here's the thing is i don't like defensive coordinators as head coaches i don't either. I think I, I and I, and again, that's what we have right now with Jack Del or with uh, Ron Rivera, where a guy who wants really, really conservative football, yeah. and like there's nothing exciting about it. And I think teams will always flip flop. They'll hire a defensive guy, fire that guy, and then hire an offensive coordinator. That said, I want nothing to do with Kellen Moore either, because I think the only reason why he's famous is because. He played. He was on the Cowboys. Oh, I disagree. Here's well, I also remember a star who's a Cowboys offensive coordinator too, who did. Don't dick. even. Don't. Don't even. <laughs> don't even. Who had a quote-unquote dynamic offense? Don't even go there. <laughs> don't even go there. Don't say that name in front of me. You don't say that name in front of me. I don't want Ken because Dorsey either. I don't want a psycho. No. And if anything, I think Ken Dorsey. I think it's an indictment on Ken Dorsey that he literally inherited that offense. And, and it hasn't it, been good. It looks worse than it did. Right. Brian Dable, I mean, ran that offense. Remember that game against Kansas City where they they, they like were just trading touchdowns and yeah. like it was like what almost 50 points each, and it was just an insane offensive showing. Like the, I don't think the Bills are capable of putting up those type of numbers. Uh, no, they're very clunky as a yeah, team. Very weird. And I, I argue their run game is better. You know, James Cook and Latavius Murray and all of them, like it's 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 a better run game now than it was, but it just it's very clunky, right? So um I yeah, I d I don't I don't like the idea of defensive coordinators as head coaches either. And because the problem is this is an offensive game, right? Mm-hmm. And by the way, like historically, like they I saw a, re- a report that like it's the least amount of touchdowns scored this year, uh through this amount of weeks since like early two thousand. That's weird. So the offensive production really is weird. way down. So if you can get a guy who, as your head coach, like, cause like at the end of the day, defensive coordinators leave. And as long as you have a good shell defense and like a small, you can just, they're always available, right? Like mm-hmm. giants got wink Martindale f- for nothing, right? Like to be other defensive and guys coordinator. get fired and they go somewhere else. Well, and they're right. like, they're a revelation. 
Yeah. So offensive, really smart offensive minds are hard to come by. And when you get them, you have to like hold on to them because like if ultimately you have a defensive coordinator as a head coach, you have this like, like look at the Lions. Ben Johnson is their offense coordinator, right? Yep. If they lose him, who do you replace him with? And like, is the, is the Lions offense going to look as good as it has? Maybe, but potentially not. So. I've got another name. I'm a little hesitant to put it out to the universe. The reason I am, because if it becomes a thing, I'm going to hate it. Ooh. Um, I'm good on and, Mike and, Kafka. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> um, but feel free to take him at this point. Uh, no, this person, and I want you guys to just instant reaction to the name. I want a yes or no on, on it. Ready? Bill Belichick. No, no. Wow. Because he's going to want to be the GM here. too, and that has not worked out for the Patriots. No, he, he's he's he's. I think it's time for. I think the game is is starting to pass him, even after um, this past weekend. Yeah, I, one I, game. The, the Bills. The Bills are the Bills are clunky. The Bills are very weird. I, I I and also the the Patriots do this every year, but it doesn't result in like success. I think he needs an elite quarterback to be like. Again, defensive coordinator, right? Like he also has benefited from having really good offensive coordinators. His defenses are always good. There's no doubt about that. But like, I I I think we've answered the question that Tom Brady was really the engine that made that team move. You know, I I would also say too, and I don't disagree with you, Q. I think it's it's a very good point, and it's probably like seventy percent of the pie. Right. But the thirty percent is like. Him being over and overseeing player and personnel has just been terrible. Like terrible. The the choices that they've made in drafts, the guys yeah. that they've signed and cut yeah. are awful. Like they just signed Malik Cunningham to a three year deal and then cut him. Like that's money out the door that you're no, not that's, getting that's, back. No, it's 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 next level, Tom. You just don't sure. understand it yet. I mean, it's they sound, the, they sound like QAnon people, honestly. It's, like, it's, 4D it's all chess. part of the pro, all part of the plan. It's 4D chess. If you take yeah. the propane tank tank from your grill and put it in your car and just turn it on <laughs> <laughs> and drive around your neighborhood like that. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, I, I I keep seeing that one too, Gato. Like, ooh, Bill Belichick could be one yeah. the commanders can go after him like absolutely fucking not like because he's gonna want that he's gonna want control of everything and again it's gonna we're gonna be right back to where we were with dan snyder sans the federal investigations (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm not into it um again like bill belichick he is one of the best coaches ever right like there's no doubt about that um we obviously you know you you love it but like at the end of the day like he it's he's also also in his 60s i just don't see how hey, we had we had an excellent coach well into his 60s. yeah no i mean i get it man <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying that like it's just it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me at this point like it, no. if, it, if a more loaded team sure you know that's like ready to win. I think like a team like the Chargers could maybe use a Bill Belichick to put them over the top, right? Because like they, they're clearly like lacking. But I think if I'm the Commanders, I'm going with a smart, young offensive guy. That's where I would be leading at the moment. Like, I, I'm like, 
honestly, an underrated one would be he would never he would never do it, but like Jeff Stoutland um, would be an interesting one because like he's like been an offensive line coach for like ever, but he is like survived three firings in Philadelphia. And like, they pretty much every time somebody gets fired, they like, please don't leave. Please don't leave. They beg him to stay. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but like even just stealing him from Philadelphia would be really interesting. Um, and like kind of could be like a Jim Harbaugh, a John Harbaugh, not. Jim. Yeah. It could be a John Harbaugh type thing where it's like, man, that doesn't really seem like it makes sense, but it, it just does. He's, he's extremely well-respected. I'm cool with having something like that. That would be like a more a smarter Joe Judge move, right? But it's like, you know, especially like an offensive line coach becoming a head coach. But he is the run game coordinator there. Um and it would fix the offensive line immediately. Like Yeah. He, he I don't I'm I wouldn't be opposed to that either because I think John Harbaugh is a good, very good analogy of like a guy who plays and works with everybody on the team so he mm -hmm. knows everybody but he also recognizes like there are experts yeah. in these areas like i'm the expert on like punt coverages and shit like that yeah but there's also somebody who's an expert on play actions and building route trees and things like that. In the same way, there's a guy who knows how to do like stunt blitzes and stuff like that. Like let those people do the things that they're supposed to do. It is no accident that just outland, like I've had the conspiracy theory that the Giants should fire my Kafka at the end of the year and then fire, uh, uh, whatever his fucking name is, Bobby Johnson, and then offer just outland the offense coordinator position slash offensive line coach it technically would be a promotion so he could he's not going to say yes i'm just saying like offer him like literally put a blank check on the table and say here you go how much like, money it, do you it, need to be happy here it, it it is not an accident that every single year the philadelphia eagles offensive line is amongst the best in the league if not the best it's not an accident and those guys don't leave teams either like no. it, like not just on the eagles too but yeah. All of those like good offensive line coaches, like Russ Grimm was another one too, where he was Mike floated. As, yeah, Mike Munchak, he was floated as a name too for a long time. And those guys just like, nope, I'm really, really fucking good at this. Yep. I don't have to worry about anything else. Jordan Malata, seventh round pick, rugby player from Australia. They they seasoned him for two or three years. They put him on the practice squad. They let him play a little bit here and there. He's an all he's in a pro bowler at left. Yeah, tackle. I I wonder how much of this, though, I sometimes I read into that because like everyone wants to bring it up as this amazing success story. And it is. But I also sit there and I go, this was like an experiment that if it didn't pan out, nobody was going to think about twice. Right. True. And but it I just mean, like, happened to pan out. Jason Kelsey, sixth round pick who oh, turns into a 10 time pro. They bowler. know what they're doing. Don't get me wrong. It's just that that experiment is like seen as this like critical success whereas it could have just it could have been a toss-up there's like, a lot of those guys that are like on the boulevard of like failed nfl careers where you know they are they are guys from like other sports that jump in and they just can't hack it mm -hmm. and then you get like one guy every like two or like every six years that 
is able to just pull it off. And this guy is just the best one of all of them. Yeah, Jordan wasn't a good baseball player. Let's just put it that way. Nah. Um, I had a couple other thoughts on some other games on here, guys. Um, cool. What do we make of Tyson Badgett? Look good. Chicago. Look good. That was a shock. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, he was careful. He was very careful to not make a mistake um but like what are the odds that a guy from division two would end up starting a game winning looking pretty good yeah decent but i, I mean, mean I, I i would argue that because he looked decent that was means he's was even better you know yeah i mean i i did not watch the game and um i think it's very interesting to hear the reaction from a lot of fans of Badgett is like 21 for 29, 162, one touchdown. 5.6 um, yards per. It's, it's Brock Osweiler-esque, um, which is kind of exactly what you want from a backup. But yeah. the other thing I picked up on, too, is uh, Dante Foreman, 16 for 89. And he's fucking was a wrecking ball. A I guy don't know why. Who, two touchdowns, guy by the way. A guy who was inactive, who's a healthy scratch. Deontay Foreman is one of the most. Um, oh no, he had another touchdown on a receiving catch too. Oh, that's right. So he had three touchdowns yep. in that game. One of the most disrespected players in the league, by the way. Like every fucking year, he signed a two-year, four million dollar contract in Chicago, and again, healthy scratch and comes in three touchdowns. Just very disrespected. He's he's a good running back. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I he had almost a thousand yards last year in Carolina, and and was good. No one he cared. I, I will I will say though I wonder if Vegas is in full tank mode. They're bad. They're, They're bad. bad. They have a lot of problems. It's across the board. There's unhappiness there. They're trying to maybe give their star receiver a reason to stick around, even though I think the damage is done. Yeah. And tanking but, to give him an opportunity with a new star quarterback. They they're saying they're not moving him though. Well, they don't want to. No, they won't want to get rid of Devontae. But what it's so weird is that you you literally beat the Patriots the week before. You beat the Packers the week before that, and it's like you look like you seem like you get it, and like you're kind of on a, you're on a winning streak and everything, and then like now you just fucking suck. This is a team that is really confusing and frustrating because you don't know what they're about. No. Like, what's the game plan here, guys? Nobody understands, like, what the intent is behind it. And frankly, like, if Josh McDaniels gets another, like, offensive coaching position or a head coaching job, like, the NFL is fucking stupid and every owner should sell their teams. Like, this is, a, this, is, this is not a – This is not a good – this is not a good coach, and yeah. we need to stop pretending like he is just because he was around Belichick when they were winning championships. There was there was a former Broncos player. I can't remember who it was. He told a story on a podcast with uh, like Brandon Marshall and all that. He was talking about Denver, and or, like, I can't was remember. I think it was maybe I think it was like AJ AJ like I can't uh, DJ Williams or something. I think it was. Mm -hmm. and he was talking about the first year that. Um, Josh McDaniels was the coach there 
and basically saying like we were winning games and he's like literally he knew what the other team was going to do literally knew what the team was going to do like over and over and over again he was like like he told me be in this spot at this moment and he's like it was perfect coaching and then they got hit with the, the cheating thing, the the staffer. And then after that, it was all downhill. So he was like, this motherfucker was cheating. <laughs> I want to find the clip I'm going to share with you guys when I do. Um, really, really funny. And it was like, again, to me, anybody from Ari- from New England is suspect. Anybody yeah, like, a, like a long-time New England person. Suspect. I mean, uh, how many scandals or quote-unquote fucking things occurred under the tutelage of that dynasty in in new england man i mean was it four in the end (laughs) deflate gate spy gate what other gates what were the other two gates um dj williams the linebacker yeah i mean yeah and he's like he was there for a long time too. He was there, yeah. I think, starting with Shanahan all the way through, yeah, um, like to 2015 or 2016. Like he was a good fucking player. And man, I mean, that team just completely fucking melted down. They started off. Remember how how good they were in the in the first few weeks? Yeah, like, they were awesome. They, they were they were they were like four and zero, and they were just killing it. And it seemed like he was like he, they beat New England. They had that huge New England game, and um, and then all of a sudden it just went downhill. And that was when all of a sudden it just started falling apart. I hope he gets fired. I really do, um, because he's absolute ass. He's he's on the hot seat. I mean, it, it is scorching hot right. Now. I mean, he should be like, yeah. how the fuck do you take a team that went to the playoffs? Two years before him, and they just like nuke it. Yeah. They're not okay right now. I'm straight up, not having a good time. Rome is falling. Cats fucking, and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Um, okay, what other games we got on here that were slightly interesting and captivating? Uh, I mean, I think the shocker. Was that Lions Ravens game right? I wasn't had that, by that that outcome. I was. I thought it would have been a tougher match. I thought it would have been high scoring or something, but like it just. I thought the was... Lions would put up at least a fight. Yeah, and they got absolutely housed. I mean, you want like that? I use the term ambush for com- the Commanders game, but like. That the Lions were completely taken and just beat to death before that <laughs> second half ended. The Ravens really had like a get right game, which is weird because they they weren't in a bad place, but well, it was it was real like like opening up their senses to what their potential could be. The, the Ravens have been one of the right more things. like frustrating teams this year. Yeah, they had that weird loss. Just... Yeah, they had that weird loss against the Steelers too, and then mm-hmm. they went to England, and you never know with those fucking games. But like, I'm hoping that this one is the one that gets things moving for them. Yeah. Um, as a Lamar Jackson owner, I agree. Do we uh, have any takes on the late the late game on Sunday night? Eagles Dolphins. What do we What do we come out of that? Nothing, because this Eagles uh, not this Eagles this Miami offense. 
it seems like it can put up the numbers as long as you're not someone who might be seen in the playoffs. I, I think they miss Devin Achan as like they miss having that like one two punch a little bit, but um yeah, the Eagles, I mean like the Eagles are exactly who I thought they were. They're they're a good team. They're they're not as good as they were last year, but they're still really fucking good. Yeah, I think it's I mean they're, they're I guess they're kind of on autopilot at this point, but I think it's a really, really scary thing when you look at the winning percentage of the Dolphins when they play teams that are under 500 and how completely different it is when they play teams that are over 500. Like it's, I need to find the stat, but it's like they've won five games against teams that are over 500 and it's a pretty substantial losing record against winning teams. Yeah. I I wonder if they're the, the worst best team right now. And I would also wonder too, like this team is basically built on speed and that's fantastic during the regular season, but they really need to be a home playoff team or else they're sunk. Cause I don't think, I don't think what they're going to do is going to be able to translate to a place like Kansas city in January, Buffalo. Um, I mean, even if Cincinnati is any good and they're able to host a game, um, I mean, you can even throw Baltimore in there too. Like, that's warm weather football. Do we have a prediction about performance for the Bengals coming off of their bye this week? They won two games previously. Do we see do we see them go back to who they were in the beginning of the season? Or are they are they finally getting their shit together? Because God, I need them to get their shit together in fantasy. They play San Francisco. <laughs> Another team that's kind of floundering. Yeah, um, San Francisco's going through a weird moment right now brock purdy's in this kind of tumble from grace that concussion has fucked him up though he's back at practice already um i I wanted to see how the dolphins did without tyree kill and it looked like he wasn't going to play this week because of the hip injury Mm -hmm. um he said he's playing so i kind of wanted to see not that i want tyree kill out because you know it's exciting to watch but uh i did want to i kind of did want to see how they did react without without him so there's talent. I mean, Jalen Waddle doesn't get – I mean, like, he's there. He doesn't get as many looks, obviously, because Tyreek is so dynamic. But, like, there are – like, is Eki still there, right? No, he's in New England now. Oh, okay. <laughs> who who do they replace him with? Um, a bowl of soup. Um, Durham Smythe, Smith? Smythe. He's from Duke. I know who he is. Um, I believe believe he's from Duke. But um, one thing that you all are completely underestimating, and shame on you both, Chase Claypool is there. The curse of the chase. If you need someone to – Did you see him – Notre Dame was there, I'm sorry. Um, Did you you see that whiff on that block that he was supposed to make the other day? I did not, especially – it's funny because his whole shtick is like he's a good run blocker. Net negative. Net negative. That's what Chase Claypool is. Yeah, uh, there was there was some stat the other day that it was like teams with Chase Clay, Claypool win like one out of five games or something, and then teams that get rid of him or before having him are winning like five and one. It's it no coincidence like like the Bears have now won for other teams. Yeah, it's so no much. coincidence the Bears have now won three games. Yep, <laughs> and yep. he's not there. 
But if you need someone to help you carry your luggage from the locker room to the bus, Chase is your guy. <laughs> no question. Uh, let's see. Let's see if there's any other goodies in here. Um, what was what was something? Let's just in general. What was something that surprised you guys this past weekend? Uh, um, the Giants getting five sacks on Sam Howell or six sacks. I think the sure. most entertaining game of the week was PJ Walker versus Gardner Minshew. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, so it was interesting. Um, let's talk about Deshaun Watson for a minute because this is just this is just down to business. Our favorite topic. I, one for five. Checking in, uh, checking in on Deshaun Watson. <laughs> one for let's five. Let's get the rub on Deshaun Watson here, guys. <laughs> Really got to massage the details here, guys. All right. Yep. Um, Deshaun Watson, one of five with a pick, 0.3 QBR, um, leaves the game with an injury, and he's already been declared out. Dude, just Dude, leave. Just he's very just, happy. Oh, just retire. Like you're done. You're cooked. It's just crazy. It's well, just crazy what's going on with him. He got cleared to come back into the game and chose not to. The excuse was that they kept him out to protect him. Yeah, in a, in a game that came down to the end, like in that fashion. Honestly, I would trust PJ Walker over Deshaun Watson. And his, a lot of uh, people are saying that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are saying it. Yeah, I mean, he's done. He like, I is it Jover? It's it feels Jover to me. I. Apparently, the the thing that I've been reading is that apparently behind the scenes, it's not the way it's perceived out in public. And it's like they're good with Watson. And apparently they are trying to protect him. But the vibes seem rotten to me. Like the vibes just seem off. And it just seems like he just doesn't care. And like he seems like, again, getting cleared by doctors, the whole thing. Um, I don't know if you saw Brady Quinn and um, – Watson's QB coach get into it on Twitter. Uh, that was pretty old, funny. Yeah, and it was like and Brady throw, Brady Quinn throwing some really funny uh, massage comments out there. But it was it was just interesting because it's like he was cleared by doctors before this game or before the other games, and he missed them. So it's like, is it really that the Cleveland Browns are cool with everything and are just trying to protect him, or is it that? He's basically just refusing to go play in these games because he's slightly injured, you know. So I, I don't know. It's just I don't think we're gonna know really for sure until the end of the season, because uh, that's when things kind of just start pouring out. But like the vibes are off. I mean, the other but, thing is too is he hasn't looked good in those games that he's played in. Like yeah. it'd be one thing if in those games it was like three hundred yards, three touchdowns, and they were really competitive, but. They've looked better without him there. I still to this day think that the whole world is deluded on what Deshaun Watson was and is as a player on a field. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. <laughs> I, I think he there was a great amount of, I don't know if this was his agent or what, but there was something that fed into the minds of many that Deshaun Watson was this football talent and i think he never turned the corner in like i said before from that potential to performance and we saw tremendous potential 
And then we've now come to the point where we're recognizing we have to critique him on his performance and his abilities. And they're just not there. And there's always an excuse. And he's one of those people. We used to play football with those people that had an excuse for their performance every time, right? There's there's guys, Kadarius Toney, Kenny Galladay. Look at these fucking guys that just – over and over again, had some sort of excuse as to why they couldn't perform. And there's there's something to be said about um, hedging hedging your your realities and seeing seeing the truth in that, or seeing the truth in yeah. your reality. And or no, no, hedging your perceptions and seeing the truth in your realities and. I think that most most people were deluded, especially the Browns. They were deluded in what they had in Deshaun Watson. They gave him the bag, and now they're trying to do everything they can to to get him to want to do the job they paid him for, and I don't think he's interested at all. <laughs> it's yeah. just my opinion. I mean, I think that's the that's the thing is, like, the production is just very much not there. But, I mean, he was kind of like – this is going to sound weird to say it, but like, let's take out the fact that he was sued by multiple people for like sexual harassment and assault. He was already damaged goods by the time that he left. Yes. Um, yes. Houston. He had a lot of injuries, pretty significant ones too. And I mean, and then you basically don't play him for a year and a half and you're hoping that you're going to get the same guy. I just don't know if it's there. And you know, make matters worse. And again, they gave him a long time to get right too. A well, long I mean, it was suspended to right. too. And when he came back last year, he looked bad and he looked the exact same this year that he did last year. This is what you got for what you paid. And the, yeah, I mean, have to figure that have to learn that lesson now. And you tossed aside a guy who wasn't great, but he was decent and he um, wanted to win and he wanted to be there and he wanted to win. So, um, it's kind of unfortunate that has gone down, but I want to switch to another one. Gato, you said, which one surprised you Packers Browns. I know it wasn't exactly a game that people were like dying to watch, but Packers don't look too good right now. Packers look like shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't get to see that game. Uh, I don't think anybody did. So don't much. feel bad. <laughs> Um, I just, uh, you mean Packers Broncos? What did I say? Packers Browns? Yeah. Packers Broncos. My bad. Yeah. I mean, all right. Like, I don't know if like the Broncos seem to actually be on this very slow, but steady trajectory of improving and figuring out who they are. I'm not saying they're good by any means from that, but I think they've become at least a little less disheveled and, and, whatever chaotic mess they were last year. I think they're a little bit more organized of a mess this year. Mm-hmm. It's it's small margins week by week. It's, it's a baby step thing, but um, yeah, the Packers were flat. The Packers were frustratingly flat. I think um, it's a, it's a, but it's another team that doesn't have like a good identity. They, they don't have, I, I feel like their, their roster is, just marked with uncertainty. There's no There's big no names. Riz. There's there is no, no riz. riz. They need baby Gronk right now, man. 
The Packers yeah. have zero Riz. Baby Gronk <laughs> yeah. refuses to go there. Um, yeah, they just Jor- Jordan Love is another one who's like really started setting the NFL on fire, and then now it's kind of he's, he didn't play bad. Twenty-one of thirty-one, one eighty-two touchdowns, one pick. Um, but I'd argue that the Packers are another team that's kind of in flux. You're right; they don't have an identity because they, you should not be losing to Denver. I don't care if it's on the road. And, and granted, Aaron Jones hasn't really been healthy all year, and like Christian Watson, another guy who's barely been healthy all year, but like. The defense is supposed to be better than mm-hmm. playing. So, yeah, it's um, it's pretty funky, and I want to look something up real quick. Um, individual it, week, week seven, because I don't know if Jordan Love got a ton of pressure in that game. So, no sacks. Three knockdowns, one hurry, 14 was blitzed 14 times. I mean, 2.3 seconds from snap to throw or pressure, but they didn't really get to him unless I'm, unless there's something else that happened in that game that I'm not picking up on. It's just, they didn't seem like anybody cared they're they're very middling i mean lower middling like team right now in the nfl i mean with the two and four record they're about 20th overall um as a team offense a little worse than defense um you know they're they're at a they've they've had almost as many points scored against them as points allowed um or as many as they've scored as many as they've allowed and i i just I don't know. They just seem they just seem a bit flat when it comes to um just overall play. There's they're like they're not they're not original. They're not really coming up with great um no riz. They're, no, they're, no riz. yeah, you're right. It's a they're like they've become kind of like the new Falcons. They're boring right now. Yeah. There's nothing there's nothing there that makes me excited to to see what the Packers are doing pretty boilerplate offensive plan too. Yeah. Um and and I wonder too and I want to ask you guys like is this like an Aaron Rodgers effect where you have a star player who's covered up like flaws in a team and he's just been able to make it work cuz he's just that good? Is this like the Packers coming to the reality that I don't know, maybe Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson and Luke Musgrave are not exactly the powerhouse offensive players that you thought they were going to be when you sold it to Aaron Rodgers. I also think you have to give them a little bit of leeway though, because they are technically playing with a rookie quarterback. He's not a rookie. He's been in the league a bunch of years, but he is like, as far as like everything else, he is a rookie quarterback. Tom does make a good point though. Um, I think there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers like wasn't buying in anymore, right? And when you name that all-star caliber lineup like that, like that, that is not going to like get you ready to go week to week, knowing that that's your dudes, right? And I can't say that he's always like he loves Ad- Ad- Alan Lazard, but like the guy was pretty mid. For it still <laughs> is, yeah. Present like, tense. Yeah, like just but like you know, these were his dudes, but like these 
he was like, nah, what am I working with? These are not the talent you guys sing. He saw it for maybe maybe a little bit better because he's he's been at it longer than their head coach has. So <laughs> I, I I'm I'm bull I'm bullish on the on the Packers long term. They're a rebuild year for sure. Yeah, I think they I think if they can get some more weapons, if Jordan Love takes that next step, and it's again, I think you have to give him the full year to just kind of work through it, but I, I, I've seen enough where I, I he passes the eye test, you know, so I just think that it's just putting it all together is going to be the hard part for him. But uh, but I, I like what I see. Are you going to call it a rebuilding year for them if they don't hire anybody or sign anybody? Because that's not their M.O. Like they're going to not their them. M.O. Um, I don't I know. would feel I, different if it was a different team. Like, I, but the Packers, I think they should go get Devontae Adams, honestly. Go bring him back. Yeah. I mean, or go get Judge Judy or Court, uh, Courtney Sutton. The thing, like, I think they really need. I think they need a better run game, man. Well, I mean, you know, Aaron Jones been hurt pretty much the entire year, so I think you have to give some leeway to that. But uh, no leeway. I, I don't know. I I've never felt he was as high of stock as he is to begin with. I mean, uh, just it's a feeling for me. It's not. I don't have facts or stats to to hold up against it but like it just it never seemed like it was uh what they they really needed true <laughs> kind of hard to kind of hard to argue with just appealing uh, uh opinions and feelings i know <laughs> yeah well facts don't care about your feelings gato so i don't know what to tell you here um okay i mean i'm I got nothing else. I didn't really watch a ton of games this week just because I was I was just dealing with my own trauma. Um, anything else stand out from week seven? You looking forward to week eight? You guys happy? You excited? Giants Jets this weekend. We'll see how that goes. Um, Who's I at home? Giant, huh? Who's home? Giants. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever that fucking means. <laughs> Zach Wilson versus Tyrod Taylor. It's gonna be a fucking barn burger, guys. Love that for you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, I we're about almost at the halfway mark of the season, so uh, I definitely, definitely want to see how. Like, I, it's not been shaping up the way I kind of expected it uh, with some. Yeah, year's been but, ass. Yeah, so. But uh, you know, I'm I'm excited. Uh, ultimately, I, I'm still conflicted as far as the Giants are concerned. As like, do I want them to just lose and get a better pick? Uh, thankfully, this week with the Bears winning, the Broncos winning, um, Panthers being on a bye, it uh, ultimately their draft position has not really actually improved uh, despite winning that game. So, but we'll see. Um, I still think the Jets win that game, but you know. Do we want to get into our picks for this week? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's start with tonight's matchup, Bucks-Bills. The favorite, obviously, is the Bills at – that can't be right. They're playing in Buffalo. Eight and a half. Uh, Hold on. Let me pull up the spreads. Hold on. Yeah, the spread, eight and a half opening. It's It's actually current ten. Yeah. I have the I have the under in this game. Me too. That's, um, so I I don't I think eight and a half is a lot with Baker Mayfield kind of banged up a little bit. I I'm still I'm gonna take the Bucks. Oh no oh no it's the spread's ten now. 
Spread spread current, current spread, spread is 10, is 10 which which is why more so I want to go with the under. Uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm going with the. I'm going with the Bucks. I, I I think the Bills win outright, but I just don't. I have the Bills money line tonight, but I don't. I don't think they cover ten points. Yeah, it's that's a lot. Uh, uh, I'm going to go Bills too, and I don't think bucks? I don't think it's going to be that. You mean, you mean Bucks? Be, no, Bills. You're taking you're taking them uh, minus ten then. You, they cover ten points. I think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to cover it though. Then you're taking the Bucks then. Sure. You fucking gamblers. Take, take those bucks. Take you're taking you're taking bucks with the points then because however you spell winning, that's what I'm gonna say. Well, you you think but yeah, you're you're with my with me that you you think the Bills win, but you, they don't cover the spread. So yes, okay, got it. And also, everyone's shit is all over the place too. Go from ESPN to CBS, it's like nine point swings across the board. I, I do want to talk about the Jim Cramer effect and ESPN right now, but maybe that's for another time because that could lead down a big rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it's not about you right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's that you got oh? Uh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bucks actually to win the game. Um oh, you got him out right. Yeah, and, and I think I think right now there's a little bit of panic going on with the Bills, and I think they're having trouble figuring out who they are. They're still beat up from from the past weeks. Like their defense. I have the Bills money. I have the Bills money line tonight, Gato. Why do you hate me? I I never told you to make these bad decisions. Uh, what can I say? I could be wrong. I more than likely I am I am wrong. Um, but there's I don't know. There's something the Bucks have surprised a lot of teams and and. Despite now everyone knowing that they're not someone you can sleep on, people are still sleeping on them in weird ways. And, yeah. Hey, this would be a game to, to solidify that they're still a competitor, right? That they're yeah. still in it, very much in it. I don't think the Bucks have it in them, but we'll see. Uh, Dolphins are getting are favored by nine. That's a lot considering that. These spreads are really big. Yeah, I mean, it's not that crazy because of how Miami's been beating teams, but and the Patriots have been bad. I don't think they win by nine. Uh, I'm going to go with the Patriots here just because, I, again, another situation which I think I think Dolphins win, but I'm, question, I'm questioning whether or not they put up, if, especially if Tyree Kill is not 100%. Mostert has been questionable this week with practice, so it could be Jeff Wilson and – Whoever the fuck, so I I, I think it, I think it's closer. I this could be one I end up regretting, but I'm gonna go with the Patriots here. Um, I'm hoping for a Dolphins blowout only because I have Dolphins defense this week. True story. I mean that that's not a bad um, defense to start because you know I don't I, I don't take into consideration the Patriots really getting into gear. Ramadre has been looking better, but still not. The person we thought he was. I mean, I don't know. Who, just don't give him the plays, man. They don't. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with Q on the same thing. Like the spread seems high, but it's Dolphins to win. The Shirley boys are sticking together. We That's what they call them, the Shirley boys. <laughs> Philly, Philly is uh, favored by seven on the road in Washington. I'm gonna go with Philly here. 
again, the Giants won by seven, so I think Philly can easily cover that. I don't care about them being in Washington. Doesn't mean it's going to be a fucking bloodbath. Yeah. This seems like the weird game that the Eagles struggle with. I don't see it that way. I think, I think the Eagles saw everything they needed to in the first matchup. I'd feel differently, Gatto, if it was more spread out than the last game that they played. The last game they played was only two, three weeks ago. Like, was it only not... two, three weeks ago? Jeez. Yeah. So much has happened in that time. Giants, Jets. Giants are two and a half point dogs at home. <laughs> I'm tempted to take the Giants there just because of the points. And like, it's Zach Wilson versus Tyrod. I think the Jets defense wins out here. I think they're just too good at this point defensively. I'll take the Jets. I'm not feeling great about that, though. Are we in accord right now that the Jets defense is legitimate? They're really good. But if they had if they had Aaron Rodgers, they might it might be a different season for them. But I think they've done a good enough job week to week that uh, I and I, I don't think they have any major injuries. So I'll take the Jets again. I'm not. This is probably the one I feel the least good about. But I I it's weird because I would argue I've never seen the Jets so solid in even one hand. Like this is the most complete I've ever seen a Jets team in my entire life yeah, of watching New York sports. Right, like. And, and they might actually just be that one piece off from being fucking good. Like, it's wild to me. <laughs> um, yeah. They were a quarterback away. Yeah. I think but... I'm going to take the Jets only because the Giants are one needle prick to the ribs away from having to play Daniel Jones. <laughs> well, and Tommy DeVito would be the Italian staff. Whoa, hey. Jones, Jones has not been uh, – Jones has not been cleared, so he will not. He will most likely be inactive. Uh, Where's Dallas, the gabagool? <laughs> the gabagool. All this over a piece of gabagool. Um, Dallas favored by six against the Rams at home. That's a trap game. Rams hard. Take the Rams. These spreads are hard. Fucking brutal this week. Um, I will take the Rams. I still think Dallas wins, but I think it's probably by a field goal. So. Yeah, this screams like twenty or twenty four twenty three kind of game. Yeah. All right. We're all in agreement there. Uh Vikings one and a half point favorites at uh on the road against the Packers. I don't give a shit. Give me the Vikings. That's easy. Oh, uh, this is this is easy money. I think if I was a betting man, I would say you gotta hammer this one. Also with the over one... the over under being forty two, I feel like is it's a low scoring game and we're talking about the Vikings. They could turn it on. And I, they I think real good I think I'd take week. the over in that. I think they I think I think oh, it'll yeah. be a decently pretty good game. So yeah, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, this could be a game where like the Vikings score thirty points by the fourth quarter, by mm-hmm. the start of the fourth. Mm-hmm. And I mean the... they don't got a good defense. <laughs> it, the other thing too is like the Packers have just not been good. Like I, this is going to be way higher than it's one and a half on draft. That spread's so weird to me. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't feel right. I don't see the Packers scoring a ton of points. I just don't. Like, there's nothing in their track record that's shown that they have this have that in them this year. Hmm. Uh, Jags, Steelers, ja- a lot of road favorites uh jags are favored two and a half over the steelers on the road i'm taking the jaguars it's pretty easy for me there 
the Jags were trending positively, in my opinion. Watching them play week to week, I thought Trevor Lawrence was getting really good there. But then they had like a falter. They, they had like a stutter step. It was like a slowdown after that. And I, I, I don't know. Something, something about this game, and I don't have much reason besides Najee Harris is finally coming into who he was expected to be like well before this point. Um, and that was, that's just off of like a game and a half. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Steelers have finally found out who they are. And that's why I think I want to take the Steelers at home for this one. They're not, you know, they're not out of this. The Steelers are four and two right now. It feels shocking and surprising considering how inefficient that, that offense is, but you know, they're doing all right. I'm taking Steelers. They want this one. Yeah, I think too, like the Jacksonville defense is not very good. Um, and I think this again, fingers crossed because he's in my lineup, but George Pickens will have a day here. Also, if they throw it to Evan Engram for a game winner, you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> Shit's gonna get dropped. Oh yeah. You're gonna be eating a big sandwich of disappointment. Sandwich of disappointment. It's my favorite meal. <laughs> um, again, another road favorite. The Texans over the Panthers, three and a half. I, Panthers are lifeless. I, I, I'm taking the Texans here. Yeah, this off of bye, no off of bi- both off a of bye week. By the way, they're it's a no brainer. Back right, right now, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, Falcons are three and a half point favorites on the road against the Titans. Um, no Ryan Tannehill in this game, by the way. So it will be Will Levis and Malik Willis, apparently. Um, sure. Playing yeah. both the more the merrier. Why not? So let's take let's take a leaf out of what the Saints do. Okay, that's that always works. I'll take a I'll take the Falcons there. It's three points is three points. As as it's going to hinge on whether or not Bijan actually plays this week, right? And I think I don't. I, I I will say I this is probably will. going to be the lowest scoring game. Um, I'm going to go Titans here. I yeah. think, yeah, I think well, that is... it's going to be a Derrick Henry show. Mm. Falcons run defense is pretty tough. Yeah, but they're led by a moron. So <laughs> true story. That team has the dumbest head coach in the NFL. This is a game that I'm really interested in. Actually, I would like to watch is the Saints and the Colts. Um, you are Saints a are fucking sicko. You know that? Oh, I got Colts on this one, man. The yeah, Saints are one sicko. point. The one point favorite on the road. Again, another road favorite. Um, I am going to go with the Colts plus one too, though, because I just I think they kind of are getting put. They're kind of putting it all together with Gardner Minshew. The Saints, I don't know what to expect from the Saints team anymore. Chris Olave getting arrested. No big deal. It just seems like they're a mess. Derek what, Carr said that he didn't was he wasn't yelling at Olave on the sidelines, and then they got audio from one of the Jaguars players that was mic'd up and he was yelling at him to run. So it's like it just seemed dysfunctional on offense. Yeah, Derek Carr is not someone I want to put any eggs in a basket with anymore. I am I am not starting the car. Yeah, it, it, it it's not turning over, and or it's turning over too much. I I can't yeah. tell. I can't it's tell. A track player just keeps playing the same <laughs> fucking song over and over again. It's all Jesus music. <laughs> um, Brown Seahawks. Seahawks are three and a half favorite at home. I I actually think that the Seahawks show up to this game. 
And this I'm gonna is an take, interesting one. I'm going to take the Seahawks. Despite I don't love the three and a half, I'd rather it just be three. But if it's three and a half, I still think that they end up winning this. Um, Seahawks. I. I My brain's telling me go with the Browns, but like I, I this is this is actually a really good evenly matched game. Who's starting for the Browns? PJ Walker. Okay, I'm going to go Seahawks. Not that Deshaun Watson starting is going to change anything, but Devin Witherspoon is a fucking monster, and I think he eats. True story. Battle of the defense for sure. This will be a low-scoring game. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey back Sunday, by the way. Um, I, I feel like we could just skip over Ravens, Cardinals, Chiefs, Broncos. Well, uh, Chiefs, yeah, Chiefs are favorite seven points. Again, another road favorite. Chiefs are seven-point favorites uh, against the Broncos. Rowan agreement, Chiefs? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cardinals. Wait, 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 hang on a second. Is Taylor going to be there? Is uh, She probably will be. Hey, I got a question. If she is... I don't want tail I don't want Travis left to his own devices. So <laughs> All right. So so here's a question. Why haven't we created a drinking game based mm-hmm. around you Taylor die. Swift? You die. You would die, right? Like I was you thinking about die. this. Like, what would be the rules? Like, um, you know, anytime they pan to her, you gotta drink, right? But like yeah. if she melts a curse word. Like you gotta chug your entire drink, right? <laughs> you're you're dead. Like how many people their stomachs would be fucked? Brittany up? Brittany Mahomes and her do the secret handshake. You gotta drink two. You gotta drink everything in your house, including yeah. Reno. <laughs> also, quick question: What is Jackson Mahomes doing there? I saw that, him, that was creepy. I saw him squeezing in on the like the handshake too, and I'm yeah. like, motherfucker, aren't you going to jail for sexual assault? Like you don't. Taylor Swift must not be money claustrophobic. Because everybody just tries to get in that little fucking window with her, with her. So they all get tight in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that, you'd die, Gato. So that's why nobody plays that game. I guess not. So I, you wanted to pass over the Ravens game nine and a half against the Cardinals. I don't know about that. You don't know. Cardinals are a feisty team. They got killers. Dude. Fucking, they take the bus to work. Man. And it's in Phoenix I'm, too. The public transportation system in that state is fantastic. I'm gonna I'm take. I'm gonna take saying. the Ravens, but I don't feel as good about it as you think I would. Yeah, I'm just saying that after last week's performance, I feel like the Ravens got the Riz. They got the Riz. And the Cardinals. Uh, is this gonna be the week that um, that Murray comes back? No, I don't think next, so. It's next the week. end of October or the beginning of November. Subsequently, he, he, when the next he, call he was, comes out. He was, put on, <laughs> he was put on pump again, so he had to miss another four games. So this will be the last game, I believe, he is. I think he'll be – I think he's practicing in full, so I think next week he should be back. All right. Well, because then I would have said for sure hammer that over. Um, hammer that, yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah, I'm still taking Ravens though. I don't know. This one, the next one is the toughest one. Niners are four point favorites at home against the Bengals. Brock Purdy did return back to practice, but the Niners are on a kind of a free fall right now. This feels like it should be a get right week for them, but like that Bengals off a bye week. They're confusions. confusing. Team. They've had two weeks to prepare for this though. 
I'm going to take, the, I'm gonna take the Bengals. I think, if anything, they, the Niners win by three. I don't think they win overwhelmingly. I think it's a close game. They just got destroyed by Jordan Addison. Jamar Chase could feast. So I, I'm going to take the Bengals. I just feel safer with the Bengals here. Uh, Trump wondered. got fined $10,000 in court. I'm going Bosa and the Niners. He's got to take out his rage. Yeah. <laughs> Bosa's going <laughs> to build the wall himself. Yeah. If no one else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. Got it. Yeah, I mean, so, like, I see Brock Hurdy is now struggling a bit. Um, and I, I just – it was a quiet – it was a weirdly quiet week for them. I don't know if they do it back-to-back, though. Um, even feels, though the Bengals – Burroughs, like Burroughs finally gotten a week of rest where – his his lingering injury is probably feeling much be better. Yeah. Um, they were clicking before this. They won two going into the bye. Um, but I I never trust Zach Taylor to deliver yeah. what he needs. I to. know. I don't know. Um, but then again, that Bengals team also succeeds in spite of him. I feel like. Yep. So there's a there's a lot there, but four points is where I'm at. If it was three points, I'd probably take the Niners, but. I, I'm gonna. I just, I just have a feeling that it's gonna be a close, close game. So I think I'm still taking Niners. I, I, okay. I feel like they can't. They had a bad beat last week, and that's gonna make them mad. Yeah. All right. So Chargers eight and a half point favorites at home against the Bears. I think the Tyson Badgen thing was nice for a week. Um, I don't think it lasts this week. I think this is gonna be a Chargers by a million type of game. Chargers. Have you met Khalil Mack Tyson? Week. Have you met? <laughs> Have you met him? You're going to. Um, eight and a half. I'm not too scared by that. I think the Chargers put up a lot of points here, so I think I think it's just enough. The Bears' offense is a little slow. Their run defense is good enough to be able to hold Foreman back. So I, I go with the Chargers there. I mean, don't don't let Brandon Staley scare you in this one. Fair enough. How about this? Don't let him near any decision making. Like, yeah. Don't let him near like the IBM Watson machine that's like determining what they should do. You know, you know that button on the wall that says "Do not push." He pushes it every time. Um, and I, I think a David Montgomery less Lions eight point favorites at home against the That's Raiders. Too high. Uh, it sounds high, but I feel like this is still going to be one of those games that they kind of get right back in. The Raiders are East. fucking listless. They have no idea what they're doing. I'm taking the Lions minus eight. But that's just because Ooh. of our at home, like, could, like, our our group fucking desire to watch anything Josh McDaniels crashing. I just don't think that the Raiders are good. I just think that they're bad. Oh yeah, no, they hate themselves. They, there's a lot of loathing going on there. Yeah, is Here this loathing the, in Las Vegas, baby? Is this the game that Jamison Williams returns, or is he back already? He is back already. Okay, and is Jabir Gibbs playing? He he is. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything about him being. He played last week. He had a good. He had a good game. He finally had a good game. Mm. Um, so, but Montgomery is, is not practicing, so I, I doubt he's going to play. Gibbs yeah. is. Yeah, he played eighty-seven no percent of the snaps. So, yeah, he's good. Very excited for the Lions to get back on track here. Going Lions. Great. I good. just. I hate. I feel like that. That's not the game I want on a Monday night. But that's just me. It's not. No one wants to see that. Trust me. Yeah. But. I think it's like a train wreck where we watch the Raiders just shit on themselves the entire time. I agree. All right. 
that does it for that, you guys. Uh, what, do you th- what do you say, assholes? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Gato, why don't you kick us off this week? Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I guess I was alluding to this a little bit earlier, but, like, sometimes I'm really sick of the fucking... I think, and I, I did this last week, too. ESPN. Like, for whatever reason, they're, like... They have this amazing ability to just like Jim Cramer teams, right? Like they were nonstop talking about how the Lions and they they made lists and they aired these lists, how the Lions were the best team in the league, how they could beat everybody. And then they go and get their asses kicked. And I feel like all they do is create their own bullshit drama. And it's not even like. It's it's just for entertainment at this point. They're like the Fox News of sports. Like and Fox has sports. So it's really it's ridiculous. Um there's a lot of hype machine. And I, I get it because the lines have been shit for so long. The last time I, I was like a, a, a toddler the last time they were in the playoffs or were this good. So I mean I get it. But it's like it is a little much after a while. So it, it, the hype machine gets out of control. That's yes. the problem that you have when the NFL has basically sold out for 365 days of NFL coverage and yeah. the you have bell. four separate shows that are like two hours a piece each that is solely for like rumors and happenings that are going on in the NFL. Like they're going to suck every team with any kind of interest or potential dry and the Lions were just the one that they hit on the fucking dartboard. Yeah. It's like, is TMZ Sports still a thing? Because, like, that is, like, ESPN shtick at this point. TMZ it's the hot take industrial complex now. <laughs> like, that's all it is. Like, they they don't have any real talent anymore, so they just they just tell uh, mini, minicon, Minicons is... No, there's, there's talent. No, they I agree. Them, they make them talk about shit in the dumbest way sometimes. Like I would to, agree. Just to make like, sound bites. Because honestly, like people talking about like the X's and O's of games in a like a very deep level is not terribly fascinating television for people that are watching it at two o'clock in the afternoon, waiting for their oil to be changed. <laughs> they need like Rex Ryan screaming at the top of his lungs how he could be a better offensive coordinator than just somebody pieces of deli meat just exploding off of his teeth. Yeah, there's just chunks of, like, romaine lettuce that are coming out of his mouth. <laughs> shouting at Dan A Orlovsky. pool of, like, mayonnaise, like, circling out of the, the side of his lips. He's holding, like, a fucking down. stress ball, and he's, like, going to crank it to pieces. He's just shredding it with his nails at a certain point, just tearing it open. I see this. I see what you're saying. Yeah, anyhow. But, yeah, I would agree. ESPN could be assholes. I'm going to go with the Mars Corporation. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, they make these delicious treats, M&Ms. I had the oh, no. displeasure of going to 7-Eleven and seeing that they make a Snickers protein bar. And I'm thinking to myself, I looked at the ma- they look at the macros, and they weren't great as far as like what you'd want from a protein bar, but they also were not terrible either. And... It was arguably the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. 
And I'm like shocked because it's like, it's a fucking Snickers bar. You just throw a little bit of protein in it and it should be fine. Right. I think it actually had more calories than a regular Snickers bar too, which is crazy. Um, one of the worst things I've ever tasted, zero stars, and may God have mercy on your soul. Then what if they just like shove a power bar, like a peanut butter power bar in the middle of this it, thing? It's like, a, it has a consistency of like one of those old school protein bars where it's just like chewy chalk, basically. Yeah. Like the like, like the power bar. power bars that were yeah. just like yeah. like <laughs> printed in a conveyor belt and then it's, cut and then yes. put in packaging. Ooh. Yeah, it is exactly like that, and it tastes like fucking chalk. Gross. And I'm like, this was the worst. I was like, I was so excited. I'm like, oh, maybe this is gonna be good. Like again, also because the calories were a bit higher than you'd expect, I was like willing to be like, okay, then it's gonna probably taste better than your average protein bar. It was fucking horrible. The you pure protein it. bars. Um, the quest bars that are all less calories and better macros are way better. Dude, so. All those, all those things though, are like, I mean, they taste like ass. Like Dude. I tried these protein pop tarts. They were terrible. Oh, they, th those are fucking terrible. Yeah. The, the cinnamon bun one. I thought that would have been good, especially with a coffee. It smells like, like medicine. Get me through the morning. You know, I, yeah. I knew I had a long day. Yeah. It Boy, just, stop say, selling. Stop selling. I will oh. say though. These ones, it's the one bar uh, birthday cake. Very good. Not sponsored, by the way. No. That's a no. free plug. That's why, that's that's free why plug. it was blurred out. That's a free plug. <laughs> yeah. Got to do it. For, not doing it for free. But uh, yeah. So whoever made that, quit immediately. You're, you're not made for this. Nice. Those Snickers um, protein bars are just built diff. Um. I'm just going to get out ahead of everything now. I'm going to call asshole of the week for um, <laughs> American society. Yeah. Um, had another mass shooting in Maine last night where 15 people were killed. 18. I think 18 people were killed. Yep. 20 or so people were injured. And we're going to do the whole fucking song and dance again about like how we can't talk about gun control um, during a tragedy. And it's just, we're going to do the whole fucking song and dance again. And it's just, again, it's sad. So America, we're turning your lonely eyes to like our federal government that is completely inept and incapable and totally unserious to be able to respond to anything. And, you know, I think it's, it's an indictment of the country that, this just happens regularly at this point where we're just like, it's no longer, it can't happen here. It's when it happens here, this is how you need to be prepared. Like, fuck you. Like you can solve this problem right now, but you choose not to. So everybody who wrote thoughts and prayers in their Twitter accounts and shit like that, you can go fuck yourselves. Are, this is your are people still doing that? I thought they were just making memes with the guy's face. That was, that was the new thing. Just, you make memes about being an unhinged psychopath with uh, with with their face now. I, I thought that was the new thing. Pretty well, much. they um, apparently this guy's Twitter account got scrubbed by um, the current oh, owner. There is deep state all over this one, by the way. Well, they were able to track his uh... gun arms trainer. Yeah. He was he never served like in an active environment though. He like, was reserve. Yeah. So um 
the other component to that as well is um, they were able to find the Twitter pages that this guy visited, and they are just the like the golden corral of the exactly shittiest accounts. You, they're exactly what you'd expect. Yep. So, ooh, enlightenment. Uh, you know, Tucker, visiting Tucker Carlson, Elon oh, Musk, uh, Vivex page, um, okay. a bunch of the really sketchy ones that are on there too. But the truth again, is not the truth until I believe it's the truth. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my asshole. Everybody. Nice. <laughs> well, how about you tell us your pick of the week? Oh, you, me? Yeah, you. Uh, Reverse shit, snake man. here. Come on. I had a couple of them to be honest with you, because I don't. We didn't record last week, but first and foremost, the fall of the House of Usher. Of Yes, I, 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 that was going to be mine. So, well, oh, you guys all seen the loss. <laughs> it you was. Can, you can co author really, this one. I really enjoyed. I that. did too. I thought it was really, really well done. Mike Flanagan, I think he realized like Midnight Club, not what we wanted. No. This is what we wanted, but yeah. he was able to incorporate some of the some of the actors and performers. It's from, pretty much all the same people. Yeah. Yep. How long, though, have we said that the genre of, like, billionaire murder fan fiction would be a hot cake and people would love it? Yeah. They what did up. he go out and do? He murdered a bunch of billionaires on a TV show, and we loved it. Loved it so much. The one thing that's interesting, though, is the, the show is called The Fall of the House of Usher. But each episode is actually one of Edgar Allan Poe's. Like, I saw the Raven. I saw the, the, the Telltale Heart was yep. another one. Pit the Pendulum. Pit the Pendulum. The Cask of Amontillado that I yep. really loved. I did not. Get, I did not see that coming either. And nope. I was. I was very into that. Pleasant no. Yeah. I, I. I figured it out like maybe like episode six or seven, and I was like, oh, okay. So these are kind of just like stories that are compressed into one Very but it was cool. great like i and i'm gonna say this i think carla Could Gugino, you know? yeah yeah and bruce greenwood i think that's for both of them there should be considered for emmys or gold or whatever the whatever the netflix shows fall into now yeah because she has been awesome in all the things that she's done with Mike Flanagan and yep. Bruce Greenwood out of nowhere. Like I saw him, I was like, this, this is going to be good. And he crushed it. He was awesome. Yeah, I agree. Well, well done across the board. That was mine. So well, go find something else. Go look no. around your apartment and go find fuck, something. Fuck you. No. <laughs> this is my toaster oven. <laughs> this is pretty good. It's a ghost energy. It's a like a American popsicle, the red, white, and blue one. Zero sugar. So put in a can. So you're completely cheesed right now. Is what you're saying? Yep, pretty much. You are so yammed right now. You can hear what's happening on the second mm, floor. You can hear my heartbeat fucking beating in my head. That's what that sound is. <laughs> oh shit! So did you ever hear what happened with? Bang Energy? No. 
Somebody told me that they got sued by Monster because they said there was something that was in their formula that actually wasn't there. Really? And that's why you can't find it anymore. Hmm. But there's all these like bang energy models still out there living their best life. Yeah, well, that money is still alive, but <laughs> I have not been able to find I have not been able to get one bang. I not one. Not a not single one bang. bang. Not a not a single one. Not a single bang, Not a bang to, be to be had. There is no banging happening uh, in the greater Charlotte Mecklenburg area. Yeah, but I think they've changed their brand to Celsius. Is that them now? Yeah, that's that new. That's that new. <laughs> that's the new uh, new. That's the new new. Uh, Gato, what do you got, man? Uh, keep it creepy. I just started it. Um, it is on Paramount Plus. Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Um, I see a little Dukovnian in the very beginning. I watched about 15 minutes before we got into this. Um, I liked the original Pet Cemetery. Shit is legit. Um, I like the remake of it. Shit is legit. I want to see how this goes. I've seen middling, um, like, reactions to the, to the movie, though, so I don't know, but... Hey, it's Halloween time. Let's just fucking go with it. See where see what happens. So is it a movie or is it a miniseries? It's a movie. I thought it was a miniseries too. I got excited. Okay. I thought it was that's what I thought too. Yeah, it's it's a movie. I wish it was it would have been awesome to be a miniseries. I think that would have been a better way for uh for Stephen King's story to get told, you know? Yeah. I would agree. So Pet Cemetery on Paramount Plus. Pet Cemetery Bloodlines on Paramount Plus. Is there any Achilles tendon cutting in it so far? I'm not that far. So far we came across what I assume is a dead dog, but maybe it just has rabies. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm only just genuinely concerned because that's what turned me off to the original show. The Achilles, yeah, we've talked about that. The yeah, the grossest... keeps me up at night, Gato. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. yeah. But don't worry, they they can fix it, and you'll be up and running in you know just a few weeks. Hell, you might even be able to come back by the end of the season. The Adrian Peterson energy. All right. <coughs> well, I think that does it for us, folks. Um, that will do it for another episode of the second mouse podcast. Thank you all again for listening in. If you like this show, share it with your friends. If you have no friends, put it on your Twitter. If you have no Twitter, write it on a rock or something, carve it into fucking stone. Throw it through somebody's window. Yeah, no, don't do that. That's not advice. Um, you can also find us on all the, the normal socials, the, uh, the X current formerly known as Twitter. Um, Instagram and other places like that. If you want to talk about a particular team or there's a game you want us to discuss, let us know. We'd be happy to chat through those for next week. Outside of that, we'll see you then. Have a happy Halloween, fuckers. Okay, let's get me a rhythm. Then he says, and I'm not kidding you, he goes, 
Now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! Suck it, Jack Sparrow. <laughs>